Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. That is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Had some technical difficulties yesterday. We're still... <laughs> did a show. Did a show, and there was a technical issue with the uh, with it in post-production that's uh, on me. So I do apologize for that. It's good to be back. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And we are just adjusting to all the changes that are happening when we embark upon the the truth tour so thank you for your patience with that there's lots that i want to get into of course we had biden at the united nations i mean that's a terrifying prospect first of all the united nations being what it is and then biden going there to speak to and to address uh, the united nations is something terrifying it's terrifying anytime the guy the guy talks, but especially when we know folks from around uh, the world are actually paying attention to this guy and what he's saying. So we've got that that happening. Uh, gee, there's a lot to get into with uh, the the legislation that the left is trying to pass. And Kirsten Cinema, according to an article in Politico, is effectively well. You never know with this stuff. This could have just been something that's put out there to make it look like she's making a principled stand uh, for, to the voters of Arizona because of, you know, there's uh, some conservatives or some folks who expect fiscal responsibility even if they vote Democrat there. This is not something that's common in a lot of places, but there are some uh, voting Democrats out there like it, rank and file. So she's supposedly given an ultimatum to Biden and Pelosi. We may... Get into that, and we're going to get to what's been my favorite story for the past couple of days. I love this beyond, I, I'm telling you, I have laughed at this and been thoroughly entertained by this story, which we'll get to later in the program. I think more than any story that I've talked about in some time, I mean quite some time, I'm thinking it's at least weeks, it's probably months and to be honest, it might even be, it might even be more than that. And I'm just looking forward to getting uh, getting into that a little bit more lighthearted. But nonetheless, um, something that I think is important um, on the uh, you know in the in the grand scheme of things in the political process and and so forth. But let's start here with Biden. Let's start with Biden. And let's start with his speech before the United Nations. Now, it's probably important to point out before I play this first soundbite, because now, you know, you've got leaders from around the world, right? Leaders from around the world all descending upon the United Nations. And, um, you know, the United Nations is something that we should pay attention to. I mean, the United Nations 
um, has become more and more powerful, I think, in certain certain instances, certain circles over over time. This is how these things work. You've got a conglomeration of nations, and eventually you begin to see these nations trying to to work together because, candidly, folks, it's in their interests. It's in all of those people's interests that attend these meetings, these UN meetings or whatever, to have more authority, to have more power, to stay in power, to protect their cronies or friends or whoever, to keep them in power when inevitably, for most nations anyway, the leadership is replaced and it's time to pick someone new. On and on this goes. But these folks that go to these things, I mean, there, there's a formula. There's a formula. Scare the living daylights out of people who take what you say there seriously. Promise that you, and only you, you and only you, and those sitting there around the proverbial table of the United Nations, it's the same thing that happens here domestically as well. When Democrats and sometimes even Republicans promise to solve problems that they're simply not capable of solving, problems that can only be solved or addressed by the individual. It's the way that this works um, on planet Earth. You can't have someone come in who's called a government official and just arbitrarily erase your problems. It's not the way that it works, although many are so hopeful in fact, I'm reminded of the time Obama was asked if he could um, help someone get a new kitchen during their campaign, during his campaign back in 2008. And that's how giddy people get. Oh my goodness, this guy's talking about hope and change. I hope, I hope to change my kitchen. So let me ask you, hey, uh, Mr. Obama, candidate Obama, if you're president, can you help me get a new kitchen? That is, literally was a question. Literally was a question during the 2008 campaign because this is how uh, some folks have been taught to think about politicians. They are almost as though they are uh, some sort of a demigod to where they can say, uh, like Oprah, and here's a car for you and a car for you and a gimme, you know, a freebie for you here and more money there. I'll pay for your child care. I'll pay for your education. Everything's going to be free. And this is hypnotic to folks, truly hypnotic. They don't care about what they're giving up in order to be given these utopian dreams because, candidly, those things are down the road. They're taxing and taking away the liberty and freedom of someone else to provide what these folks um, who are currently looking for an education or a kitchen or whatever and, um, you know, assigning basically uh, reassigning or redistributing, I should say, the money or whatever that way. Though folks are so concerned with their immediate wants, and it's oftentimes wants, sometimes it can be needs, but it's typically wants in this country. We want this, and government comes in and fixes, tells us they're going to fix the problem. They, of course, usually exasperate the problem, make it worse, and... But they promise to fix it the next time, and folks continue to fall for this, this nonsense. When we're at the United Nations, it's the same thing, but it's on the proverbial steroids. Now we can get all these nations together, and we can tackle, yes, that's right, climate change. Climate change was um, a big issue, as was, well, Afghanistan was referenced. In fact, let me pull this up. 
Daily Wire here. Let me make sure I I don't want to lose my 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 thinking here, but the Daily Wire headline says Biden claims US has quote turned the page on Afghanistan and UN speech even as Americans remain stranded. Remember earlier um, I think on on Monday, on Monday we talked about Americans who were stuck in Afghanistan and how terrifying it is for them. Biden says, hey, we've turned the page on this, right? That's what he wants these these headlines from the speeches. He wants to be able to stand up there, and this is what he said. He said, I, I stand here today for the first time in 20 years with the United States not at war. We've turned the page. I'm reading from this. I'm not going to play this particular soundbite. 20 years of conflict in Afghanistan, and as we close this period of relentless war, we're opening a new era of relentless diplomacy. That's right. We're going to relentlessly be diplomatic with the Taliban, I guess, who, by the way, has now petitioned the United Nations for a seat at that table. Fantastic, the path that this is taking. Well done, Biden administration. And the thing is, somebody in the UN is going to think this is a good idea. Someone's going to think these these thugs and these these oppressors in the Taliban need a seat at the table when what they need is to completely change their ways. They need to be pressured to do things that embrace freedom and liberty, not the oppressive nature that they are uh, putting upon their people. But anyway, Biden says here, um, of using the power of our development aid to invest in new ways of lifting people up around the world. So, of course, there's money tied to this, and the other folks sitting around the table think that that's great, applauding its money that's going to be coming from the United States, and, of course, her people going elsewhere to solve problems. But Biden specifically, Biden specifically talked about climate change, which it's a code red, he says, for humanity. Climate change, code red for humanity. We've got to get this thing right. The only way to do this, it's ticking clock, right? I mean, we have we have to act today or this week or our life as we know it's over. I mean, that's how these things are done. It's. I'm going to be careful here because I'm not saying, I don't want you to misunderstand and think that I'm saying COVID is, uh, is made up. COVID, COVID is a real thing, but it's the same formula, right? People, and I'm not saying there's not reason to be concerned with COVID. I'm not saying that, but the formula is present the problem, stir up fear and panic, say the only way we can fix this is if you do what we say exactly as we say it for as long as we tell you to do it. Don't ask any questions If you have to give up your liberty along the way, if you have to pay more taxes along the way, so be it. It's the only way we're going to, everyone's going to die, right, if we don't do this. And as it pertains to global warming, that's what they, that's what they do as well. Climate change, excuse me. So I want to start here. I want to start here with this uh, little clip, about a 20 second clip of Biden talking about this very thing with the United Nations. Here it is. We meet the threat of challenging climate, the challenging climate we're all feeling, already ravaging every part of our world with extreme weather. Or will we suffer the merciless march of ever-worsening droughts and floods 
more intense fires and hurricanes, longer heat waves, and rising seas. Okay, so I have a couple of questions. Number one, when when I'm having a discussion with someone who's firmly convinced, I mean, livid at me for even asking the question, when, when, when I'm talking with someone who is so convinced that man has created all these problems with uh, with climate change, we are killing our planet, we are accelerating the problems, we are making the sea levels rise, they say, to dangerous levels. We have minutes, days, minutes, months, whatever, not very long to act and make dramatic changes today, which basically means... Uh, you know, stop flying, stop driving your car, start pedaling to work, uh, turn your thermostat down very cold to cold temperatures in the winter, and leave that air conditioning set about 80 degrees in the summer, and just suck it up, buttercup, because if you don't do this, you're going to flood a developing country near the equator or somewhere, a coastal city, because you don't care about anyone but yourself. That's the, the 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 narrative, right? That's that's the narrative. It's also, by the way, similar to the narrative of wear your mask, right? You want to kill your grandma so you don't wear your mask. That's how that's portrayed and how that's um, framed by by the radical uh, COVID crowd. Anyhow, but my question, when when I talk about climate change with folks, they insist that climate change isn't weather because, and I like to say this because it it makes me chuckle, it just does, when it's one of those days in, say, February, when it's 60 degrees, um, it, it entertains me. Or better yet, when it's one of those days in um, one of the really really cold days, I say, thank goodness for climate change. Otherwise, we would all probably freeze to death today, right? I mean, thank goodness when it's nine below zero, as it sometimes is in the state of Indiana, in the Midwest, the upper Midwest in particular, Minnesota. I've got got some family that live up there. I don't even want to talk about the temperatures they endure during those months but thank goodness for global warming or it would be so much colder and so much worse but they say no that's not the way to look at it you're talking about weather weather and climate are different okay so why is biden talking about weather events when talking about climate i've just learned that they want to have it both ways i've learned that they want to have it both ways when there's a strong hurricane of course the only explanation is covid covid is the only or covid sorry Climate change. Climate change. The only explanation is climate change. Right? That's the only possible explanation. And you say, yes, that's that's right. And wow, thank you for shedding the light on, on that situation. I'm going to be sure to adjust my thermostat and you know ride my bike to work, which I don't have a problem with these. I don't have a problem. I have a problem. I have a problem when government starts to interfere and force and manipulate people into giving them more power and authority. I have problems when governments manipulate people and hide hide evidence, data from them. I have I have problems when most of these scientists, actually the vast majority of them, are funded through some sort of federal grants that actually 
I mean, the truth is they have an interest in, in perpetuating some of these theories. I'm not saying that they're all making it up. I'm saying that there, there is a bias. There, there is a possibility for someone to say, you know, we need to study this more, right? Because if we don't, the funding is going to get cut, you know, cut. We're going to get slashed. We're not going to be in next year's budget. Those things do have a, have a play a role, have a factor in this whole climate change talk. I'm just, we can't, we're not allowed to ask questions. In fact, we're called deniers. We're called anti-science by the same people who cannot tell us to save their lives when life begins, which is an obvious, it's obvious, it's completely obvious, but yet they can tell us what the sea levels are going to be in 50 years. It's patently absurd. It's ridiculous. And Oz is telling me it's time to take a break. But this is Biden at the UN talking about climate change, talking about how we've turned the page on Afghanistan, talking about basically how the governments of the world can get together. The only people, only people in the world that can do this are the governments, getting together and solving our problems. And have you ever noticed the solution? The solution is always more taxes, especially from Americans that get funneled out of this country. And the example of dealing with international, in the international community, they go to other nations, redistribution of wealth. When it stays in this country domestically, it always goes from one group of people to another group of people, wealth redistribution, right? This, and the government always needs more power, more money. You're supposed to give up more of your freedom. You're supposed to trust them implicitly without having any questions. You can't ask any questions. Certain certain questions are even censored. You're blocked from from making some post on social media because it doesn't fit with the narrative of the people that supposedly, as Rush said, the wizards of smart who have it all figured out if the rest of us would just comply. That's where my problems lie, and I've got to take a break. When we get back, I want to shift gears just a little bit, get into some other things here, but you're listening here to the home of conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. My friends, by the way, program is brought to you by, brought to you by our friends at Killadent. If you've had a vehicle damaged in some of the recent hailstorms that have gone through central Indiana, and you want to get that fixed, you're worried about it maybe taking a long time. This is fast. This is less expensive, and it's oftentimes better. It's oftentimes better then you know all the steps that may need to be taken if you need to have your vehicle repaired or excuse me painted during the the repairs so killadent removal killadent removal I had, uh, one of our advertisers I've gotten to know I uh, got to know these folks well they do good work in fact I've I've been in with them on site they pulled some dents out of one of our vehicles did a great job with that. Killadentremoval.com. Killadentremoval.com. Check them out. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So I want to talk briefly, and I don't want to get too much into this because at this point, it's all conjecture, right? It's all it's all conjecture. Politico is, has written an article um, about this. There's four, 
four contributing authors, which, I mean, whatever, this is just how we do things today in 21st century journalism, especially when this, I mean, we don't know who really, where this information is coming from. If this is, this could be, this could mean something specific as far as, uh, or something is, is in jeopardy. This could all be for political consumption in the state of Arizona to try to protect Kirsten Cinema, which that's a very real possibility. She has to look like she's um, concerned about spending in this massive $3.5 trillion bill, which according to uh, other Democrats, they're not even really sure what this thing costs, but they don't care. It doesn't matter because it gives them more authority, more power. It takes more money out of the economy. It makes people look to government for well, more solutions in their lives. So they're they're cool with it. Kirsten Cinema has to at least play the game. And I'm not saying that she doesn't that she's not standing on any principle here. I'm reluctant, candidly. I have my questions about believing that. But her and Joe Manchin. So, as you know, the Senate's broken down 50-50, Republican-Democrat. Well, there's a couple of folks that caucus with the Democrats who are, what well, Bernie's an independent, I think, now. Anyway, but it's 50-50. And so Kamala, who's supposed to be down there fixing the border, right? Down there fixing the border. Even CNN, by the way, I got a soundbite about this. I don't know if we'll have time to get to it. The CNN's out there saying, hey, what's the re- why is there reluctance to call the situation on the border a crisis? You stinking kidding me, CNN? You know, exa- you know exactly why. You play this game each and every day on your network. Folks, the, the, the administration is not going to admit to this. They're not going to give the Republicans a, a clip that says we've created a crisis on the southern border to use against them in next election, 2022 which is quickly approached. I mean, we're just a year out from that, a little bit more than a year. They're already in bad, a bad position. They're going to get shellacked, assuming we can trust elections and so forth. I mean, the way that this is shaping up with redistricting, with just the complete incompetence of the Democrat Party, Biden being a complete just disaster, taxes, the southern border... Afghanistan, all these things, spending bills. I mean, I what's better? What's gotten any better whatsoever? Plus, plus a lot of these folks, a certain percentage, I should say, of the folks that voted for Biden really just didn't want Trump because they'd been tricked or into believing or convinced that Trump was Satan incarnate. So they just voted for whoever else. And now they're looking and saying, gee whiz, this isn't what I voted for either. Anyway, so that's all going on. So the Senate, as you know, has a rule called the filibuster, and in order for the um, for legislation to pass, there's a 60-vote threshold, except in circumstances where reconciliation can be used. Now, of course, the left, led by Chuck Schumer and some people on his team, have found through a miraculous, miraculous series of discoveries by his a team of interns and whoever else, they found out that you can actually use it a little bit more because normally you can only use reconciliation once or twice a year. Now it's pretty much accepted that it's twice or maybe three times. And of course, the Democrats are going to milk this 
for all that it's worth because it gives them an opportunity not to have to go through the process where their radical agenda is subject to the filibuster because there's not 60 votes in the Senate for a lot of these things. There may, and I say may, be 50 because of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Now, according to this article in Politico written by 47 or 48 journalists, I think there's four, um, Kirsten Cinema basically has told the oh, excuse me, the Biden administration, the Biden Obama administration, that if the vote is delayed in the House, it's supposed to be voted on September 27th, or if the vote doesn't pass the House, that she's out on passing the three and a half trillion dollar budget through reconciliation if you can follow all this so it's an interesting dynamic because you've got the radicals the true off the hinges radicals then the progressive caucus they have basically said they may be against the infrastructure bill um, unless it's paired or they might they're not gonna you know you got to put these two bills through together for them kirsten cinema saying i'm only going to support the reconciliation bill, if the infrastructure bill passes. This is the bill that a bunch of senators got together, the moderates. This is Todd Young, for those of you in Indiana. He's, uh, I believe, had a, I think he's, he's got a role in this as well. Anyway, so the infrastructure bill, which, by the way, newsflash to every congressman and senator. We should constantly, every year, think about funding our nation's infrastructure. Reminds me, well... I'm pretty sure there was a stadium built here in Indianapolis. I don't want to name it because I, I'm trusting my memory here. But I think they forgot to budget utilities for the thing. It's kind of what this is to me when you talk about infrastructure. This should just be something that we're constantly putting aside money for because wear and tear happens on the highways. There's going to have to be new interstates built. Air, airports are going to need you know, maintenance, maybe additional runways. This is just a word to the wise. I just figure I have to say this, considering that we talk about infrastructure as though it's some epiphany, like, oh, yeah, we've got to do something with infrastructure this year. I'm not, again, this is actually a legitimate expense of Congress, a duty of Congress, but this is a thing that they all get behind because, you know, most people are for taking care of our roads and bridges and ports and airports and all this sort of stuff. Makes sense as long as it's reasonable and rational and there's not something tucked in the legislation, which there always is, which there always is, at least when the Democrats are in control and they're able to change the rules and let people throw amendments in there and so forth. Anyway, anyway, this thing's in in peril. It's, it's hanging in the balance. And on top of that, the Senate parliamentarian, which I don't want to get into all this, basically said that the pathway to citizenship that was put in this reconciliation bill, this $3.5 trillion bill, actually has to be pulled out because it doesn't meet the requirements uh, to be in a reconciliation bill. And I don't want to go through all that right now for, for the sake of time, but basically it has to, if it doesn't have to do with, um, you know, an increase or decrease to the budget, if, you know, if it's if it's more of just something that is a, is a wish list item for the left um, and it's not a direct budgetary item um, it's going to get stricken and as it should as it should i'm waiting for the left to dox the parliamentarian over this they got to be losing their minds because this is how they want to this is how they want to legislate by bending the rules and so forth anyway 
Kirsten Cinema says this might, uh, she might be out. Joe Manchin saying he doesn't want to vote on this until 2022. This is far from far from over. But again, they could also be posturing and playing politics. Never underestimate that with today's politicians for sure. Got to take a break. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't have time to play the clip. Just because I want to, I have to absolutely get into this, my favorite story. But this Project Veritas situation, Project Veritas has um, partnered with a, uh, well, they, they have an informant, someone who's um, in the medical field. She's a, I think she's a nurse um, on a, in an Indian reservation. I'm not sure. I, I want to say it's in Arizona. I'm, I'm not sure. I have to look at that. But she's kind of, well, she's got video of her talking with one of the doctors, one of the doctors on staff there, who basically said that the, uh, the COVID vaccine is full of excrement and that um, the government's trying to sweep this whole the whole vaccine thing under the rug. Now I know there's some strong emotions on this. I don't. If if you want to get the vaccine, I think that you should be able to make that decision for yourself. If you have hesitation and don't want to get it, maybe you don't trust it. Maybe you have a health problem. In fact, this informant, this informant worked with someone, another nurse, someone else who does science, right? Who did not want to get the vaccine. She was forced by her employer to get the vaccine, and she had what well, this this the informant nurse or this this person who actually communicated with Project Veritas um, said that after getting the vaccine she had complications, and she eventually uh, she succumbed. She died from this. Um, this nurse would say from the vaccine. Which, again, I mean, it seems to be what, I mean, looks like what happened. I mean, if we were as liberal, so to speak, as, as uh, I guess, as loose with interpreting vaccine, you know, deaths attributed to vaccines as we are to deaths attributing, you know, that we attribute to COVID itself, which, again, I'm not saying are not, is, is zero. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm simply saying there's plenty of examples. I've had people who have personally told me experiences they've had. Uh, where COVID was on the death certificate of a of a loved one, and they died of something something else. There was one gentleman who died on a motorcycle, and they put COVID. I, now that was I think that was out of state. That's what we know. I mean, who knows? You know how how this is all playing out. But then conversely, if someone dies in the wake of the vaccine, there's you know people don't want to say that that's the cause and. Of course, it could certainly be. Anyway, Project Veritas is doing some good work on that, and I just wanted to, to at least reference that. I don't have time to play the whole um, 
the whole clip, but it's definitely worth watching if you have not seen it. Timeouts in order. When I get back, I want to share with you my favorite story in a long time. It involves the mayor of San Francisco violating her own mask rules and then basically telling the media why the, her mask rules are stupid. I love this. It is something that I have, I have thoroughly enjoyed this because I actually am agreeing, whoever thought that they would hear me say this, I am agreeing with the mayor of San Francisco, not because of her hypocrisy, the double standard that she's created, not because of that, but because of what she said when she was busted by her own rules. And it's just crazy to me Crazy to me how now suddenly she sees it. Of course, she doesn't see how that applies to everybody else. That's not how this works because they see themselves as more important than the rest of us because they're liberals and they have all the answers and we're just a bunch of hayseed hicks and idiots um, who, you know, if, if we're not in their clique or group. So I want to play this some of this when we get back. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. My friends, so as I promised you, I want to share with you what I think is arguably the best thing that I've heard in some time. So, got to get to this quickly. This is the postmillennial.com. San Francisco mayor caught partying maskless, says she was feeling the spirit, and that she doesn't need the fun police. You cannot... Make this stuff up, my friends. Absolutely incredible what these people, what they what they do, how they behave, um, the double standard. She's concerned about herself being subjected to the fun police when she is literally, literally the person who is the head officer of the fun police. She is literally complaining about her own rules her own declaration, her own whatever, policies, and so forth. She's complaining about those 100%. That's exactly what she's doing. There's nothing else. uh, There's no one else to blame here. There's no one else to blame but her. But yet, she finds this, uh, the, the, the time or the energy or the necessity to go back and forth with the media about this. Now, this is San Francisco, by the way. San Francisco. So this is not a you know just a, a conservative place. I mean, they're literally holding her feet to the fire I'm out there over this. I want you to hear some of this exchange because I stink and love this. Here we go. Oh, hold on here. Here we go. This is even a story. Um, the fact is, um, there was something that was really um, monumental that occurred. Monumental. And that is Tony, 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 <laughs> the original members, the brothers, Raphael Sadiq, and Dwayne Wiggins. So, this is why she didn't who wear have a mask. Not performed in public for, I believe, at least over 20 years. They are just really so, <laughs> um, some of the most monumental artists. In the history res- of 
this country and the Bay Area Incredible. in particular. Incredible artists. And the fact that that is getting lost here. It's getting lost because I violated Not my own policy. The incredible trumpeteer, Maurice Mobetta Brown. I'm starting to wonder if she's getting commissioned for ticket sales here. Phenomenal. These incredible musicians. She's selling it hard. And who really uplifted the spirits of not just myself, but, but all everyone the people else who were there. there. And from my perspective, you mm-hmm. know, I was there, I was eating, yeah. and I was drinking, mm-hmm. and I was sitting with my friends. Like everybody and else. who came in there was vaccinated. Oh, everybody so the was fact just... that we have turned this into a story about being maskless. No, I'm not going to sip and put my mask on. That's your rule. Sip and put my mask on. Sip and put my mask on. Eat and put my mask on. While I'm eating and I'm drinking, I'm going to keep my mask off. And how, yes, many, how many of you feel the same way, by the way? I, I'm saying kudos to you for this. But she's the one that made the rule. It is preposterous. And how fantastic is this? Monumental. I got a Tony, Tony, Tony concert. They haven't performed together in 20 years. The, apparently, the mask policy should not apply. I'm sure some liberal somewhere right now is coming up with some sort of a chart that says this particular group if you're at a concert, you don't have to wear a mask because it is a monumental concert. I'm sure Oz over here, new kids on the block strolling to town, she thinks that that is a non-mask-wearing venue. She would argue for that until the cows come home. And so, apparently, Tony, Tony, Tony. I mean, how, how do we quantify this? How do we gauge this? How do we determine this? There's going to be somebody. Dr. Fauci, I'm telling you, this isn't far from reality. Dr. Fauci may give credence to this argument. Well, if everyone's vaccinated and it's a monumental concert, come on. This is unbelievable. There's more to this. I don't have time to play it. But it is absolutely fantastic. I love this more than I can tell you. She's violating her own rules. She's upset about it. But she actually says the same things that all these folks who are tired of wearing masks and, and believe that this ridiculous are saying. So, quick time out. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I wish I had more time to play the remaining part of this clip, this soundbite from this, uh, from the mayor, by the way, uh, mayor of San Francisco. Her name is London Breed. She could hear this. She basically, I mean, she sounds like she is the hype girl for the Tony, Tony, Tony band. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, I've got to go, folks. As always, a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.